lip balm. Now, we've all used lip balm. This is the Manscaped lip balm. And what I have to say about this, I'll do it right now. I got it too. Put a little on. Every lip balm out there that I've ever used was scented kind of like uh, had a sharp biting kind of a scent to it. This is special. Made for men, lip balm for men, and the scent is very mild. It's yummy. It's good stuff. Yeah, it is. It really is good stuff. Hey, Rob, how excited are you to uh, get to see me tomorrow? Upset? How excited? Oh. <laughs> same thing. Yeah, it is kind of, yes, yeah. It's kind of the same thing, right? You no, know, actually, uh, I, I just went to a pool tournament last weekend over in Wausau, Wisconsin. And I, the night before the tournament, I didn't know anything about it. It was an eight ball and a nine ball tournament going to be held at the same place on the same day. And what got me was the person who put it on Facebook the night before said, hey, this is an opportunity for you to see people you have not seen in a while, to interact maybe with some new players with this and that. And I went, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text this guy who's running the tournament and say I'm coming. I'm just going to go over there and play. And so that's what this is going to be for me tomorrow. Uh, I have not been to a state tournament now in four years. And four or five, maybe. Uh, one in the last eight, I think. So this is going to be an opportunity for me to mingle with a lot of uh, pool-playing friends. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, uh, for sure. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to my uh, my free labor. You're all me <laughs> with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna use Rob for all the free labor I could possibly get. Yeah, you can get me to haul things in and set up the booth with you. And, and heck uh, yeah, right, and sit there and twiddle my thumbs for however long. But yeah, you, you can watch me play a magic pinball. We have a weather factor. We have freezing rain in the morning. So that could be an issue. And then we have snow at night. So coming home. Is that might really be a thing? So we'll see. We'll play tomorrow. it by ear tomorrow. It's supposed to be 60 degrees tomorrow, Rob. It's That's like so warm. Rain. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's supposed to rain all day, though. Yeah. That's no fun. Well, we're not out in the rain. Is it we're spring yet? Yeah. It's spring, right? Is it this, is this spring yet? Spring started already, yes. <sighs> yes. Doesn't feel like it. I want and, spring. I want good spring. Pool pool season now. What we just had the the statewide uh, whammo tournament over in Lacrosse, which you weren't a part of this year. I noticed, and uh, you're probably too busy for that. Wait for what? For Stansfield? Stansfield, yes. Oh, that that doesn't. Um, they don't. They don't sanction in Madison area. Stansfield doesn't. Okay. No. No. The closest place I think that sanctions for that is like Baraboo. Okay, think, for you guys, it's bearable. For us, it's Neilsville. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good hour and ten minute drive for me to be able to get there. Ah, maybe not quite that long, about an okay. hour. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this is this is riveting stuff, isn't it? Isn't okay, this fun, well, Rob. We just get to sit around and talk. How how did you do at that listen, tournament? Here's what I want because I've noticed this a uh, uh, comment okay. recently. The pool tables. 
Is this true that Jason walked away from a match because the pool table wasn't real in good shape? It was rolling off or whatever? Yep. Yep. There's lots of players who had a – well, all right. So this is personal to me. And we haven't had this conversation yet. So this is good. This is personal to me because uh, the tables in Wisconsin and the tables in Michigan last year for those two events, I helped set up. I am part of uh, kind of part of a crew that works on them. Uh, And basically, since I'm flexible with my schedule, if they need somebody last second or it's convenient for me to be there, uh, I get a call with a week or two or something like that before the event. And they basically say, hey, Nate, we need you in the spot. Uh, Come help us set up these tables. And I'm like, "Okay, no problem. So I did that last year for Michigan. I did that for Wisconsin this year. I'm going to be going to Puerto Rico at the end of the year to be helping with that one. And I think I'm going back to Michigan and probably Ohio this year as well to help set up the predator tables. So my understanding of what happened, I, I will tell you right now, there was no problems at all in Wisconsin. It is not the pool tables. It's not. It's okay. not the tables. It's not. Okay. It's the technicians. You, you just cannot. You cannot look at all of these predator events where this has never happened before. No. And say, this is this happened a lot. This was not good. I mean, and and I sent a message to you know a couple of people saying you know like this isn't good. It's a bad look. At the end of the day, I thought it was a fantastic event. Still, I mean, the storylines that came out of that were amazing, and I think it's a great event all in all. But we only we're pool players, so we only dwell on the the small things that are really annoying and blah 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 whatever. So. I've worked on these tables before. The tables are not the issue. The issue is the way that they were set up. And I'm sorry to throw people under the bus. The cloth is stretched too tight in certain spots, and it's uh, not stretched tight enough in other spots. Ah. And when you end up when you end up having that issue with this type of cloth, you're gonna it's it's almost like a like a stream, right? If 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 you're fly fishing or if you just have like a you just throw a rubber duck out on the stream, it's gonna go faster and it's gonna get slower in certain parts of the stream because the stream does not flow in the same uh, speed in all parts of it, right? I see. And w- when you pull this cloth too tight in certain spots, what you're doing is you're making it thinner in that spot, right. and the ball is going to travel faster through that because right. there's just less friction there. And if it's not tight enough, it's going to be thicker. It's going to grab the cue ball more, and it's going to slow it down more. So when you have, over the course of this entire table, areas that are pulled way too tight – and we look at that Jason Shaw shot where the two ball, I'm sure everybody's seen it. And if you haven't, then, you, you know, whatever. But this is two ball kind of just creeps along the top rail. And then right. it, eventually, it eventually just like takes a dive right in the corner, the top left corner pocket. Right. And we've all seen that shot. That has nothing to do with the, the table being level. You can sit there and level that table all day long, all you okay. want. That's not the issue. The issue is you just have the cloth that's pulled too tight or not tight enough in certain areas. And it's just following down that 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 path of least resistance uh, into yeah. that corner pocket. And Jason ends up with like a three nine or a four nine or a five, whatever it was. It was a combination on the 10 ball in the very next shot, and he drills it and he wins the game. But the idea is it's it's not the table. Okay. It's not even necessarily the cloth. It's the way that it, it was actually put together. And this is coming sure, from somebody sure. who like I don't put the cloth on because I know I'm not qualified to put it on. I've done plenty of tables in the past. I've I've refelted maybe seven Valley bar tables, maybe another six or seven diamond bar tables, and then one Brunswick nine footer. Okay. I'm not a table mechanic by 
any stretch of the imagination. I'm not going to claim that I am. I could do the bare minimum of what it takes to put cloth on a pool table and not necessarily in a great way. I know what it, I know because I work with the crew that does this. I know what goes into making that table play as good as it possibly can. Yeah. And from what I heard, that was not adhered to in Vegas in the first tournament. I don't know about the second tournament. It's too early to tell whether or not it's going to be rolling well or not. Okay. But what I, what I'm saying is that was clearly not done with the way the balls were rolled. Look at a table when it rolls off, and especially like a, there's a, there's one that I'm thinking of that Darren Appleton, uh, he plays, I believe it's a two ball into the bottom right corner. He's playing it down the long rail. Yeah. And the, the ball kind of goes down like this, and it kind of goes out like kind of out, yeah. and then it comes back, and it ends up hitting the rail, and then it just bounces straight off the rail. If the table was not level, think of what would happen. That, that ball would, that two ball would hit the rail, bounce off, hit the rail again, bounce off, hit the rail again. It doesn't. It hits the rail and bounces straight off. It's not the table that's not level. It is the cloth in the way that it was stretched. So uh, this is an issue. Obviously, Predator. Yeah, obviously, Predator knows it's an issue. Um, I, I will say that they had a new crew on for this tournament that uh, was they were when we were in Wisconsin and we were putting the tables together. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. I'm not going to throw any names, but there was some people training uh, that was there. And I don't think that this was his issue, but I know that they brought in five table mechanics from somewhere. I, I'm, I, I'm not even going to get any more specific than that. Sure. And from what I understand based off of looking at this, and this is coming from someone who I'm not qualified. <laughs> like I said, I am not qualified to put this cloth on, but I know what it takes to put it on because I work with the people who do. I just don't think that it was put on properly and perfectly. And that's, you know, I talked to the table mechanic that I normally work with. Uh, and that's basically what he said is that he said that you have to actually grid it out and you actually have to make sure that you mark the cloth all the way around in the perfect rectangle that the, the cloth is supposed to be stretched to. We okay. know how long that we know how long the slate of a, of a predator table is and we know how wide the cloth is. Right. And you actually have to mark on there the exact distance that you're supposed to be pulling that to and okay. draw a so straight line staple, all the way around. So when you staple it, you're stapling it along a line that you've you're, made. Yes. You're yeah. stapling it the exact, uh, you're stapling it the, well, you're basically pulling it to the exact spot that it's supposed to be at for you. it to play optimally. Yeah. And if that's not done, then you're going to end up stretching it a little bit too much here, not quite enough there, perfect right, right here. And then, you know, you're, you're going to end up getting into a spot where it's just, it, you just have no idea what the heck's going to happen with the ball. And that, that sure. showed up. So like at the end of the day, like this is a growing pain. Um, is it unfortunate that it happened at the diamond Las Vegas open on the biggest stage? Absolutely. Well, but yeah, kinda. just be happy that this wasn't the 10 ball event, I guess. Right. The, the predator world 10 ball. Right. Hopefully they're going to get it right. And you know, the diamond Las Vegas, while it's a major event and it's a big event. Uh, well, the class stretching can be, uh, addressed early yeah. on in the tournament yeah. to get that right so well that's, uh that's not just, a big fix just uh, to clarify just to clarify i, I want to uh, address mike check's uh comments there uh that did happen but what i'm uh, when i when we were in battle creek michigan last year for that event that was the second generation predator pool table this is the third generation so that that table was a three-piece slate and those basically the table is completely different from now from what it was then. Oh, so, so the, the tournament, the tournament, one, these are one piece slates. Okay. It, the, um, and I set up those tables in Michigan. So those tables were a three piece slate and they were set up completely different. That's, yeah, it's, it's a harder. completely, it's a completely different table yeah. from last year 
Uh, Tucson was the first year that they had the one piece slates. That was okay. the first time that they used them in this tour. Okay. And so you're correct in saying that they had some bad rules then, but it's a completely different table now. So, I mean, we can talk about that being an issue in the past and you're right. It absolutely was, but really what we're talking about is this generation of table with this generation of cloth. And I, I believe this is like the sixth generation cloth and they changed that they're, they're to, to predators credit. They're trying to get it right. They see that there's issues and they're trying to make it right. And you know, there's going to be growing pains along the way. Every single time yeah. something like this happens, you learn from it, hopefully, and you continue moving forward at the end of the day. Uh, Victor Zelinsky won $30,000. How many players are winning thirty thousand dollars for snapping off a tournament anywhere else? Nice. And don't and don't come to me that yeah. uh, this short races too. Yeah, this uh, Italy Whittley Winks tournament in bumfuck Colorado is paying out ten thousand dollars and thirty thousand dollars in Calcutta. Don't come to me with that stuff because like the Calcutta, you're, the players aren't touching. If a player gets thirty percent of a Calcutta, they're like stupid lucky so if you have thirty thousand dollars coming through in a calcutta congratulations the players just got about seven thousand of it at best eight thousand nine thousand whatever it is you're not touching ten thousand for that so really they're end up getting you know ten fifteen thousand something like that it's it's not a lot uh right like for example like the texas open or something like that sure the the calcuttas for that just get stupid big but it's stupid big, big because of backers who are like trying to yeah. buy these players in Calcutta. It's not because the players are putting up, you know, it's not because Alex Pagulian is putting up 25,000 of his own to get himself in the Calcutta. That just doesn't happen. Right. That That's not a thing. These players, sure. The 30,000 is for first place, but they're not getting anywhere close to sure, sure. So, I mean, at the end of the day, predator is the predator has, I think, what do they have? Like, I think they have eight events, uh, this year, just in the U.S., plus they have the German Open, the Canada Open, uh, the Austrian Open, the Puerto Rico Open. I, I don't know if that counts as part of it. So maybe I, I won't count that one. So uh, regardless, they have like 10 events where 30,000 is minimum given away or 25. I think. No, I think 30,000 is minimum yeah. given away. I mean, it's not like Scotty Scheffler. You know, he wins a golf tournament, makes three mil. Yeah, right. That's well, it's I mean, it's, well, this is it. This is it, right? This is, golf golf didn't start that. I, I, I saw a, um, a statistic. Uh, it's Masters week, right? So like uh, I saw the, the first Masters that was won, the person won like, and I'm going to get it wrong, but I, I think it was like $4,500, like $4,500 oh, for sure. first place in the Masters division. Or sure. sorry, not the Masters division, yeah. the, the, the PGA Masters, or not the PGA, because yeah. that has nothing to do with the Masters. Right. We know what the masters, mean. the masters in Augusta, <laughs> the mean. masters. The first time it was one, it was by 40, like 4,500 bucks. Oh, sure. now, the, now it's up over 3 million. I'm guessing I right. mean, most of the PGA events are over 3 million. It takes a while to grow. And if, yeah. if and I'm, and I'm sure back in the day, people were whining about golf and well, you know, I'll tell you what, when you take players like in golf, like Lee Trevino, Lee Trevino made way more money in his lifetime hustling golf on the golf course than he did in any tournament he ever played in. Way I don't more. Know who that is. I, I've never heard of him. Lee Trevino is a, a champion golfer. He's the uh, age of Jack Nicholas era and, okay. and and Tom Watson era, that kind of Okay. Okay. So he's like the the, the pool version Time. of golf. So they were <laughs> they were starting to get to make more money. He said he he hustled pool uh, hustled yeah. golf 
in Texas and made tons of money uh, play, playing for cash. Just like pool players play for cash sure. and don't go to tournaments. They just make more money playing for cash, like uh, Compton and Frost, you know, a uh, little race to 41 pocket and somebody gets uh, 50 grand. <clears throat> yeah. So um, I, I guess to address, did I, did I address your tables question? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was personal for me because I do. I've stretched yeah. a lot of cloths. Okay. When I had the pool hall for 10 years, I changed yeah, yeah. cloths every year. There was eight tables, two, two nine footers and, and, and six valleys. And I changed the cloth every year on all those tables. And I did it alone. And there is a little bit of a trick to stretching cloth. And what I had heard and who I talked to beforehand was, as tight as you can get it without ripping it. It doesn't well, matter if it, what type, who you buy the cloth from, what company makes it, or anything else. As tight as you can get it without tearing it. Well, you that depends on cloth trying to stretch it. But it depends. It depends entirely on which cloth you're using, because there's, there are some that stretch more than others. Yeah. Well, not only that, but there, there are some cloths that are designed to be stretched like that. Oh, yeah. And there are other cloths that are not designed to be stretched like that. The Predator right. cloth is one of those cloths that the it's cloth? not designed. The Predator cloth, the Arcadia oh, cloth. Okay. Oh, it, okay. My, uh, again, I, I'm talking a little bit out of my, out of my wheelhouse here because honestly, okay. I don't know. I'm just, I'm only telling you what I was told by the person who I work with on the crew that does these gotcha. tables. When and we he do should it. know. Yeah. All I'm the, the Predator Arcadia cloth is not designed to be um, pulled, tight, super stretched tight. as tight as you possibly can. It's okay. designed. There's, I, I, I think it's called. Well, the, there's a little I, room I, for error then in that. In that. Well, yeah, and, and I think what they they said is there's uh, they called it a stretch rating, and basically ah. what it is is you're supposed to pull it as tight as this and not more and not less okay, so the idea is okay. so that's why it's very important that you know when like let me grab a piece of paper here so if this is yeah. the actual cloth if this is the yeah. actual cloth that goes on a table and like this if this is the pool table that sits in there yeah what you end up having to do is you end up having to basically draw actually physically on sure. the cloth right. and you have to draw something like this and that's where you pull it to the bottom and that's yes it. and that's and this is exactly where you end up pulling the cloth to, as you can see there. That's where you end up pulling the cloth to, because once you stretch, you need to stretch it that far, and th that doesn't change the the sure, distance on sure. either side of the table. Well, once you know that, then change. it shouldn't be a big deal. Correct. You know, it and, shouldn't. You know, it'll if you're paying attention to what you're doing. <laughs> yes, it it'll change with the it'll change with each iteration uh, or new new generation of cloth. But the idea is, if, if you're not actually doing this. And you actually don't know where to stretch the cloth to on this. You could end up like, you know, you could end up having something where you actually stretch it to something like, let's say, this. And okay, like do this. we have sound? I just have a comment here with working. No, no sound. No, Eve. Eve just can't listen because he 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 can't listen while he's at work. So he just pulls up and looks at us. You could end up you could end up having a situation where you end up like pulling it like this. I got so you. What, so what happens as your, you know, as your cue ball is going down, we'll oh, use sure. distance. this is great. This is perfect for uh, those, the people who listen via audio, right? Yeah. Let's say you have a ball that's going down like this. And if this is stretched too tight, right. what's going to end up happening is it's going to end up going into this rail. Right. It's going to end up kind of doing one of these things. But once it gets to here, it's going to end up going like just basically straight and it's going to slow down sure. way more than sure. it should, you know? Sure. 
you know, you're, you're traveling. Well, you're it's like what you see on a lot of uh, tables where balls have been shot down the rails a lot. You have a ditch. You have a cloth ditch sure. on, yeah. on the rails, and, yeah. and it can hug the ditch or it can hit that ditch and go off the ditch. And we do see that on tables that haven't been newly covered. You know, yeah. they're a little older. Yep. So, uh, yeah. And Mike, Mike, like Mike said, uh, props to Ernesto. I mean, he's, he's out there and he, you know, he did what he could with them. Uh, I don't know exactly what they ended up doing. I wasn't, um, I guess I didn't really look into what their, their fix ultimately was, but I mean, once you stretch the cloth like that, unless you're going to rip the cloth off and either put it back on or, you know, replace it with new cloth, there's, there's nothing you can really do. I mean, it's going to play right. the way it plays. Right. It's right. not like, and, and that's why, like, that's why no matter how well, many times you're, it's got to be pretty easy to level. I mean, yeah, I mean, no, yeah, and no matter how many times you level it, it's not it's not a table issue. It's right. not the tables that have that that's that's rolling off. It's a cloth issue. So you can level the, the table all you want. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to fix anything. It's just going to end up being playing okay. the same exact way. I mean, you might, you know, it, obviously, if you if it's uh, let's let's talk the uh, or let's. um you know, the Jason Shaw rule, for example, where it kind of just kind of creeps the roll, the rail and then it ends up just going like beeline straight for the pocket. Yeah, Obviously, maybe the cloth, like uh, a comment here by Per, uh, the cloth should come with lines already built in it. If it's a nine foot, eight foot, seven foot, whatever it is you're using it for, here's the lines you stretch it to. And that I, I think that I, I think that'd be, I think that'd be, yeah. the only the only issue that you could then run run into, and I don't know the question, I don't know the answer to this. Maybe you do, uh, Rob. Is is every slate the same size? Uh, obviously, the ta you know a three and a half or a, a four and a half foot by nine. Every, foot every valley slate's the same size. Yeah, that I do know. Yeah. Uh, well, but, no, no. Well, I'm talking. Well, I'm talking about like every just like is a rasin, uh, is a rasin one uh, piece slate. slate? I, I would think if they're one piece, they're the same size. Uh, well, I, they fit in a different size box, right? So theoretically, ra a rasin table could be two inches longer for their their slate. The Olhausen's could be yeah, but all two inches smaller. Right? Are the same size, yes. Correct, but I mean, the idea is if you're going to put this on all of the cloth, with the with the understanding that this is exactly where you need to stretch it to, then the, all every single slate has to be the same exact size. Exactly. Yes. And that's I don't know that that's the case. Otherwise, every table would be either not stretched tight enough or stretched too tight if they yeah. weren't exactly the same size. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I learned from this queue it up network predator yeah. are proper pros and we have high standards. This won't happen again. They'll make sure of that. I think, I think so too. I, I think predator, if there's one thing that we can definitely give predator, uh, predator credit on is their ability to adapt and to learn. Uh, they might not do it as fast as you would hope maybe sometimes. And maybe, it, you know, maybe they have issues with things that you wouldn't think would be issues. Yeah. But every time that they do one of these events and something goes wrong, they do address it and they, they try to make it better for the future. Yeah. I mean, a little, they, they a little Chris has a comment here about, you know, is, is it too tough actually every, after everything gets put together is roll a few balls around the table and see how they roll, see if there's anything wrong with them or not. And, and I'd like to say something to little Chris. I watched one of his <laughs> YouTube videos on banking. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah? Systems. Yes, the other day I did. I good stuff. And it was, yes. No, I really enjoyed it. Well, the, uh, the, the, well go ahead. Finish that up. Yeah, it was just really informative. And the way he, the way he explains things is, uh, I think, anybody 
and not just somebody who's got 50 years experience playing pool can understand it. I think yeah. anybody at, at any level can understand the way he puts that, his points across. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think he's, he's, he's very good at, uh, he's very good at uh, talking to in layman's terms, just the regular Joe. That's, oh that's yeah, good. for sure. So if you haven't, if you're in here watching, you've never heard a little Chris go to YouTube and check oh, out his yeah. videos. They're awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure he'll probably flop his, uh, his link in, in the chat. He's <laughs> go on, little Chris, plug yourself. But uh, so I do want to address his comments though, because like, would it, uh, little Chris asks, basically, would it take too much time to basically staple the cloth down, if I'm understanding this correctly, and toss some balls around and just see what it's like? And to that, I say, uh, it just doesn't really work like that. Because even even if you did do that, and they were rolling absolutely perfect, or they were rolling absolutely terrible, there is something to the table settling. That 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 is a thing. Like, the depending on... For sure. on, car on carpet or on uh, even on wood right because wood is wood is porous and, and it will it will accept it a can. little bit it will if, if now if you're it's on like under the wood yeah yes if you're on 12 inches of concrete on you know carpet right. that's this thin uh, you, it's probably not going to settle it at, at all but i mean right. if you have any wood or any yeah. sort of like carpet definitely decent plush carpet or anything like that like so it, at the end of the day like the, you have to, you have to level the tables immediately when you're done with them and you also have to level them again in the morning so like our, uh the way when we do stuff we're in there on sunday night uh the tournaments always start the player uh the player meeting is always on wednesday we're always in there on sunday night to make sure that we have everything that we need to get started first thing monday morning first thing monday morning what we do is we get every single the first thing we do is we get every single table box put out in place ready to be clothed uh, once the first one's ready to be clothed, um, Bill Pelham, who's actually, a, you know, he's a, he's an actual Patreon to the podcast. He's been around for a long time. He's done a lot to help me with the podcast. He comes through and starts, uh, basically felt, or, uh, you know, felting all of the tables, okay. putting the, putting the cloth on all of the tables. And that's his job. That's, that's the only thing he does. Basically is he's there to put the cloth on because he's qualified to put it on. I'm not Eric's not the other person that we work with they're not we're not qualified to put it on we're not good at what we do we don't sure. have the the level You're of precision <laughs> yeah <Right>? so we're <laughs> kind of the monkeys that basically get him ready to do his that job and end, it just means you're you know yeah so like so that's like the idea so by by wednesday or sorry by by monday we have all the tables up ready to go basically and they're ready to be um they're ready to have the the cloth put on them uh, by Wednesday or by Tuesday morning, we're have three, four, five tables that are left, uh, depending how many we started with. Usually it's three to four that are left. Uh, first thing he does is he finishes them all off. And then we go through the process of leveling all of the tables. We level them as best as we possibly can. The players get to practice Wednesday night or uh, sorry, Tuesday night. And then the first thing we do before the tournament starts Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. is we come straight through and make sure that everything's level again. Because oh. there will be a level of settling that has to happen overnight. Uh, yes. Yeah. So from the first day you put them up. Yeah. So basically, uh, what I'm getting at, Chris, is you can do that, but just because it's playing perfectly right now doesn't mean it's going to be playing perfectly in the next morning. And you know, it's just kind of how it is. If if done properly, like I get the idea of like roll testing it, but like if you just put it on the right way to begin with, you don't have to worry about it, right? Every cloth is, or that cloth is designed to be stretched in a certain amount. And all you got to do is know what that stretch 
uh, the stretch rate, the stretch ratio is, and just set it up like that every single time. The cloth doesn't change, and if it does, then it's a it's, it's bad cloth to begin with, so you shouldn't be using it. <laughs> but yeah. if you just set it up properly the first time, you don't have to worry about it. I I think that uh, the rotation of the Earth has something to do with uh, the way the balls roll on a pool table, also, and that's from experience. Does it does it change if it's a high tide or a low tide? The moon does not have an effect on it. Does, the way it doesn't. Okay, all right. Table. No, I but figured maybe with the high tide, maybe earth. maybe and maybe it's kind of pulling the ball off the table a little bit, and then it'll roll a little bit more freely. Well, the Earth's magnetic field is changing now, also. So there you so go. The balls, that. the balls aren't magnetic, except for valley cue yeah, balls. Yeah, cue ball valley cue ball. Yeah. And actually, did you know what makes? So this is like a this is. I didn't know this until like six years ago and it like blew my mind. Like okay. I just never realized, did you know what makes cue balls magnetic? Uh, the early cue balls, the oversized ones. No, the ones now, the ones now. The ones now. Is it uh, some type of magnetic uh, or metal in the paint? In yeah, the that, that's, that's it. Right. I did. I never realized that. I just assumed there was like a big iron ore in the center of the ball and it just. Like, no, the old I, ones there was. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just never like really thought about what the cue ball actually like. There's a big iron basically ingot that's like running right along it, and the the paint that you use to to finish the cue ball with actually has enough metal in it that it attracts to that, and that's that's what makes right. the ball go. I never realized that. I, I, it was like six years ago, but I, I just never thought about it. Older cue balls with that metal in the middle used to roll off a little bit right or left. I can remember 15 years ago, Ty Wilson looking at one of those cue balls and putting it on the table a certain way so that when he broke the balls, it was going end over end. The, the center of the weight in the middle wasn't off to the right or the left. And I can remember asking him, Ty, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm positioning the weight in the middle of the ball in the right spot so when I break, the cue ball will go straight. Yeah. Yeah, so... I always thought that was in. I always thought that was interesting. Uh, Ryan Harmson, uh, I'm assuming you're tuning in kind of late. Uh, we addressed this, I guess, for like basically like the first 20 minutes of the podcast. What the issue, or what I my understanding of the issue uh, with the tables are. So, I guess I'm not going to reiterate all that. Maybe you can just uh, watch back in the beginning, and uh, you'll be able to kind of check it out. Um, but I guess we can move. I, I, are we good on that? You want to move on from? No, let's I'm, actually talk no, about that, the event. That pretty much takes care of it that it's yeah. it's not the table itself it's the way the cloth is stretched is what's happening so that's a pretty good answer that's a sound answer and that makes that does make sense because the tighter it is uh the faster the ball is going to go it, yeah sure. and if you look at the, and if you look at the rolls like it, really look at the rolls those right. rolls are not a, an unlevel table rolls they're weird rolls like weird. they're like, yeah, it's like a couple that i thought wow that's strange yeah, so it, it's 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 just just look at the tables and look at the way that they roll. That that's not a unlevel table roll, and uh, I guess the the tables the the slate is fine. Uh, to my understanding, the the slate is fine uh, with the predator tables. I did, you it's know, now I, a one piece slate, and it's. I I heard something that was kind of I was talking to somebody the other day about this, and they had <clears throat> come from a place where there was a one piece one piece slate on a table, and the ball would roll toward the rails, the long rails on either side. That's the way the ball would. You'd roll the ball down the table, and if it was a little bit left to center, it would roll to the left. 
was a yeah. little right and center would roll to the right. And I went, well, wait a minute here. Wait a yeah, minute. Clock, there's, there's clock do that. So what's going on? Well, what they found was that where the slate was cut. Gotcha. It was cut like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's very possible that yeah, um, they, there was slate. They actually yeah. took it off and had it sanded. Uh, yeah, you, there's also other ways of doing it. Um, you can actually like put straps on it too, and like actually like physically like like those latch uh, those latch. Oh, really? And you can actually pull it down using From those. The center? Ways. Could you pull? You could maybe you could. I mean, if the center of this one piece slate was high, higher than the edges. Uh, well, generally, generally, them. well, generally, slates are reversible. It's my understanding is you could you could put Upside it on one down, way or the other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you put the bow you put the bow down and then you just put latches on the outside and just literally I pull it you. down. Yeah, that's yeah, um, if there was a slate issue, uh, I did not hear about that. But I mean, yeah. those those are one offs, right? That I mean, you're yeah. not gonna get this, you're not gonna get like there's what there's 15 or 16 tables there for the 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 big table events. You're not gonna get 16 bowed slates. I mean, that's a one off issue. So. Right, I mean, there, right. It's pot. Yeah, it's very possible. No, that I, I had never heard of that before, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so. what well, I've never done this. What this is a fix that I again I was told from the person that I work with in our crew, Bill Pelham. So like that's I don't know that that's true. I'm just talking basically out of the side of my mouth, listening to what he said. But apparently that's a fix that works. Uh -huh. I don't know. Um. Yeah. So if, if there's a lot of people saying that there's a, a table or two that was a bowed or you know. I don't know how many. Uh, it's very possible. I mean, that I don't. I, but that's not a widespread issue. Like the, the the issues that were happening with the tables, that's not a slate issue either. I mean, the, I, again, watch the way the balls rolled. That's that's not an unlevel table roll. That is like goofy rolls. Like yeah, yeah. It's like it's almost like you're catching a stream and you're just following it down. That's 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 a cloth issue. See, I so. think, you know, my billiard table at home, it was a Gandhi that I turned into a billiard table, nine-foot Gandhi. And and it's so weird. It'll, it'll be just about perfect for a month. And then all of a sudden, it'll just start going one, one just a little bit leading one way toward the west of the yeah. house. And then in a month I, I, later, that'll go away. And then it starts leaning a little bit east. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, the, there's a lot of people saying it's a slate issue. I just don't see how it's a slate issue. These are the same tables that they like. There's these are some of the same tables that were used in Wisconsin. Like Wisconsin, we had seven tables. Those tables aren't just like left in Wisconsin, right? They're thrown on a semi and they're taken to the next event. Like right. there's these of these. There wasn't a slate issue in Wisconsin, so how is there a slate issue now? I just don't see it like it. I just don't see how it's a slate issue as like maybe oh. I, I, I again, I this is just me using my intuition. I, have I just don't see how there's a slate issue in one place, but there's not two months earlier, a month and a half earlier in Wisconsin. It just this seems qu this question would be directed at uh, basically a predator. Uh, I, I know at three cushion billiard tournaments, they set up brand new tables every time they go to a tournament, a big tournament. And then those tables are sold before the end of the tournament. All of them. Somebody buys them. So, so generally speaking, yes, there, there will be tournaments. Some of that too? Yes, yes, Predator does do that on certain tournaments. So okay. I know for the, the Tucson tournament last year, um, that after that event was done, I believe, and I, I could be wrong on this, um, 
Oh, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Mike, Michael Salmon or Aaron Taylor are in here watching. I don't. I haven't seen their names for a long time. Maybe they don't listen anymore. I don't know. But uh, they, they play out of hard times billiards. I was under the assumption that last year after the Tucson tournament that Oscar Dominguez was taking uh, a bunch of those tables back to put in his pool room. Now, I don't know if that actually ended up happening. Um, if anybody from California is in here and plays out of hard times every now and then, are they diamond tables in there or are they the predator tables now? Um, I guess I would, I, I don't, I, but there are, there are events, especially when there's big, big gaps. Uh, so I think the, I think the diamond Las Vegas, I think they're trying to sell those tables after this event because okay. there's not another event for a while. Okay. I sure. Think, I think, let me, let me check on this one. Well, I think pool manufacturing, but I, I don't think there's another event now for they're like They're running months. into some problems with getting materials. To like just even getting the slates uh, for to make more tables, you know that if you I think some tables you you on back or if you want to buy a new one, you might not get it for six months or a year. Yeah, I, I mean, am I not correct in that or what? I I've heard that. that I, yeah, I'm I'm not totally sure on that to be honest with you. you know, I know that I know that's the case sometimes. You know, is is broke up a little bit with the manufacturing aspect of the table. Yeah. I'm trying to find. I guess they actually. need more truckers, Nate. Forget the podcast. Drive a truck. We need you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I, need I, you I hate the tables, buddy. I hate I hate podcasting. Anyways, I've been looking to get out of this anyways for a while. <laughs> Maybe I'll just go drive a truck. Anybody got a truck I can borrow for a couple of years? I know during the podcast, my wife leaves the house. Because she hates you that much? No, she doesn't want to hear your voice? There's nowhere I can go where I can't hear you. Oh. Is, is that a and bad went, thing? Well, there's closets upstairs, honey, that you could yeah. go in. Yeah. I mean, I can see it. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit about the... Uh, the pros and cons, and I think we've done this in the past a little bit, but I, it's still interesting to me. The pros sure. and cons about the short race to four. Oh, sure. Yeah, and we, then, kinda, we then, were kind of uh, discussing this before. And, Go ahead. Yeah, we did, but I, I thought of this. Uh, you know, the shootout, the spot shot shootout, okay? They, they changed to where you can put the cue ball after it goes to a certain point. Why don't they just take and put the cue ball on the rail on the second diamond on the short rail and the other one on the second diamond on the opposite rail and say, okay, bank it in the corner, get this over quick. I mean, why, why, why lengthen this whole spot shot thing out? Just yeah. if you can make that bank shot, then you deserve to. And if you make three in a row, guess what? You know, I don't know. I mean, that, that's I, I, people don't practice that shot. These pros don't, don't practice that shot. I think you're getting a little. I think you're getting a little out of hand there, Rob. I think that's a uh, little think silly. So? You think so? Well, why don't we? Why, how about this? How about we do this instead? How about we just put the cue ball uh, on the spot, and you have to jump it off the table into a boot ten feet away. Let's do that. If you can jump it into a boot at ten feet away, the good old fashioned uh, Mike Massey jump shot from back in the day. Let's did, just did do that. that. Nobody practices that. Somebody posted <laughs> a video of a guy who's going to shoot a ball out of a guy's mouth. 
He's laying on the table. He's got a ball in his mouth, right? Yeah, and then he and the other him on the side of the head. <laughs> on the cushion, and he's going to jump. Off of a chalk, yeah. Ball, and he just hits the guy in the side of the head, yes. you know, bang with the cue ball. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen it. That's really retarded. <laughs> that one. It's not good. Yeah, it's not, no. it's not great. No, um, I did the hoof and mouth shot. Back All right, well, let, let's, 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 get, let's, let's put, get back on topic. No, let's, you put your foot on the table, on the corner pocket. You rest the cue ball on your foot, okay? Then you shoot it off of your foot, and you make a spot shot. Try that sometime, buddy. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It can be done. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe I will. Maybe I'll try it. Maybe I'll try it. And you can record it, and we'll put it on the the podcast page, and we can see if I can do it. Okay, or not. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll shoot it. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll both we'll both shoot it. We'll both we'll both go live on Facebook. If you remind me, we'll both go live on Facebook tomorrow, and we'll shoot the shot. And first person who makes it wins. How's that? Does that work? Oh, it works. Uh, no, you say tomorrow, Chris Christina. Are they going to be there tomorrow? At the tournament? Yes. There's yeah, well, I don't know if they're gonna be at the tournament, but they're gonna be in Appleton tomorrow. Oh. Happen to buzz in, maybe we could do another quick podcast with them. Sure. I mean, okay. yeah. Okay. I mean I got I mean I gotta be playing my Masters Ten ball matches, but well, if we'll, I'm not if, we'll squeeze if I'm not you playing. In somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll go two and out and we'll have all night. <laughs> It depends how many jump shots you have. <laughs> I got a better chance of making those than anything you else. Got it. You okay, well, let's go, let's go back to your question because I actually think that's interesting. So the idea, okay, so this is this is the way I interpret it. Uh, what you're asking. So basically, we're talking short races versus long races. And the idea of a short race is uh, I, I, the pros of a short race. Um, it's short. So all of the people who whine that nobody can focus on anything for more than 10 minutes these days, uh, is able to get a nice quick match that should be close. Uh, so you have the, the benefits of suspense, um, and entertainment of a short close race. Uh, and it's over fast. Uh, the cons of it, uh, does the best player win? Um, uh, well, the best player is going to win if you do a race to 150 is the best player going to win if you do a race to four, not necessarily. So the pros are it's over fast. Uh, it's generally very close and it's suspenseful and it's entertaining. The cons are the best player doesn't always win. Okay. All right. So now let's look at the Actually, long races the pro too, that the best player doesn't always win. It's sure. yeah, somebody, it could be. It depends on how you, yes. Short race. I love short races when I'm playing better players. It gives everybody a chance, right? It gives yeah. everybody a chance. Yeah. Uh, so the cons are, of course, uh, or sorry, the long race. Um, of course, it's basically the, the exact same pros and cons flopped. Right. The better player generally wins. Um, generally. It's, but you have, to, you have to pay attention longer. You have to be more passionate about pool. Uh, if somebody who's never watched a pool match in their entire life, are they going to sit down and watch a race to 17? Probably not. Are they going to sit down and race, watch an entire race to four? Eh, probably not, but there's a better chance of it, right? So um, really, this is all off of the assumption, really, that better or worse, the same players are playing. But what we're finding out is these short races, 
that, you know, have these, these nice tight, uh, one hour matches that you can sit down and watch and you're not really ruining the rest of your day. You're not dedicating your entire day to it. <laughs> what we're finding is the best players or at least a lot of players will not support them and will not go to them. The only reason Shane is playing in this is because the predator world 10 balls next. The only reason Jason's sure. playing in this, the only, nice re- right. the only reason um, sky Woodward, Billy Thorpe, all of these players, the only reason they're playing in it is because it's the same weekend or it's the same sure. location as the, the World 10 Bowl. Do they play in any other ones throughout the season? So then you have to ask yourself, and this is really what we're kind of getting at, right, is is the the benefits of basically being able to create this nice, short, exciting, entertaining match back to back to back to back to back. Is it worth losing your biggest stars for? Or at least that's the way I see this question. And I don't know. It's a conversation to have. What do you think? Well, they asked. They asked Shane. Basically, they asked him this question, uh, sure. and and he said, "I think it's a lot of fun." That was his answer. You know, the short races, the let's race to four, let's have a shoot off after with spot shots. He said, "I think it's a lot of fun." It's probably a lot of fun I when you go to one happened. of them a year. From from right, right, right. I mean, if if you're going, if if you're getting in a car and you're bouncing you from place to place, to place, to place. no, I, I yeah. get that. It's it's fun because it's fun because it's based. He's there for the Predator World Ten Ball, and it's fun because he's already there for that event. And this is just kind of like a bonus. Is, what do you is my, think about this? Uh, this is something that that travels around my brain once in a while when they have the tournaments now that are double elimination tournaments until they get to the final sixteen or the final eight or whatever final number you want to pick it to be. And so now it's, now it's single elimination. I, I personally love this. I, I personally love the single elimination. I I think that um, amateurs should be playing double elimination because it gives you an opportunity to play more pool. Um, and I think that uh, I think that qual- qualifying into a single elimination final is the exact way that we should be doing pool going forward. Do we have to? No, but I think that that's going to give us our best chance of satisfying the big pool nuts who would just want to watch pool like like me and like you, uh, we're, we get to watch a double elimination format, but it also adheres to the people that we're trying to bring into the sport by creating an all or nothing single elimination. You win or go home that yeah. I don't know that the, I don't know that the average person will understand a double elimination. And if they tune in to watch, uh, you know, a Hill Hill match, and let's say you and I are playing for the the Hill and you beat me, and then I go on to play another match. And next thing you know, we're playing again. I don't know how many people understand truly a double elimination bracket enough to know what's going on without being told. And if you have to spend all of your time as a commentator explaining the actual format of the event and not about the actual event itself or the match or the games that's going on ahead of you, I think it's a really big detriment. Now, could you educate the entire U.S. public on that? Sure, but I just I just don't I, I I think a single elimination tournament is the way to, to way to, to do this. But I think that unless you're going to seed it, which I think we're getting more into the idea of seeding, especially with matchroom and some of Predator stuff, I think look at this comment here by Ryan. He he said he played a tournament last weekend with sixty four players and eight ball on the winner's side and nine ball on the losers. And I'm sure that was to speed up the tournament. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a uh, we do those a lot at the Rock too. I think they're kind of. I think those are fun tournaments, but those aren't serious pool tournaments, right? Those no, you're no. never going to see that. But those are just like silly little things that make events more fun for more shaking fun. it yeah. up, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, for the yeah, fun. for the weekend warriors, uh, for like the I, I weekend, like yeah, yeah, for the weekend warriors that like go to event after event or after. It's nice to shake it up every now and then, just do like I mean, a new style. Players, that's that's yeah. full. What? A, yeah. One of my favorite. One of my favorite tournaments every single year that I used to play in when I was a kid was it was a tournament, the Moose Lodge. And I'm sure you've probably actually played in this in, uh, in lacrosse. And basically what it is, is uh, you go through and the Friday night you play. It's a team event and you basically play uh, like a round robin of four, four, um, okay. four people. So you play three matches on Friday night. And what what ends up happening is maybe it's Friday into Saturday is what it is. But basically what ends up happening is all four teams make it out of the bracket. Every single one of them makes it. But you either make it into uh, Division A, Division B, or Division C. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. The number one team makes it to Division A. The yeah. second and third place team make it to Division B. And then the C division takes – so then it ends up working out to where you basically play a qualifier to find out which bracket you're going to end up being in. Right. And then you play – a. A standard, uh, I, I don't think yeah, there's single. Like I think it was double elimination, club championships and things yeah. like that. Yeah, they were qualifying Saturday, and then you go into whatever division. Yeah, you want. I, I think that I think there's a lot of like, I mean, if you're a weekend warrior and you're playing all all the time, then you know, silly little formats like that. I don't want to say they're silly necessarily, but changing the formats up can be fun, right? Yeah. We don't want to yeah. every single weekend. We don't want to go to want to be going to an eight ball double elimination, thirty two persons. That just gets kind of boring, right? You got to throw it. You got to change it up a little bit. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in the whole scope of looking at the pool world in the last, uh, say, three or four years now, um, be, even before COVID, but uh, these changes, I think, are positive for the game. Uh, having matches that just go to four winter breaks and then you play two and then you have this shootout and then all those changes are uh compelling for the viewers compelling for the pool fans uh you may not like them maybe or you may love them somewhere in between but they're different little nuances about the game and about tournament formats that are different it's not just the standard thing every tournament that these pros go to and amateurs that go to them too. Mm -hmm. The U.S. Open, you can be an amateur and go play in it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, at the end of the day, like, um, so I, we still haven't, we still haven't discussed the short race, long race thing. So let's, let's, let's try to focus on this. What do you think about it? Well, we got to have focus now. <laughs> I don't know. Well, let's try it. Let's try and see what happens. I've got a whiskey before this. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's try and see what happens. Drink, 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 drink. Is that your whiskey? Straight up, baby. Okay, so I get my thoughts on it. Like, I guess um, as as a viewer, I I like the idea of it, and even as a player now, because I'm like, I'm I'm not, I'm definitely not a professional. Um, but like, I'm kind of in that like, I I don't know. I guess I'm like a maybe a mid semi mid to low semi professional style or you know level of player to where. You know, I played Meek Eminent in uh, the um, in the Wisconsin Apex, and you know, I had him. I missed an eight ball like an idiot to beat him four to one in the. Uh, no, I to get up three to one in the first set, breaking the ball. Oh. 
The second set, I I was an idiot and missed a, a nine or mispositioning really on a nine ball that would have made it hill hill in the second set. Oh, so geez. am I supposed to beat Meek Eminent? Hell no. no. Hell no. <laughs> but in a race of four, is it impossible for me? Absolutely not. I can I can absolutely take, you know. And then uh Yona Santa, uh I played him and uh again I you know this is this is a characteristic of you know amateur players, but I missed uh I missed an actual ten ball to make it hill hill in the second set. Uh -huh. So you know, two professional players in a race to four, I could get it to a shootout. And once we get to a shootout, who knows what might happen? So this format, I like it for me personally, because it gives me a chance and it, you know, I can, you know, maybe I can take a setup. Maybe I can take a match off of a pro. Maybe you can. If I'm playing well, maybe I can, maybe I can take two of them off, but do I think that it's good for the players? Um, I mean, there's a reason Jason Shaw, Joshua Filler, Shane Van Boning, Sky Woodward. There's a reason these players aren't going to these events. I mean, right. they're, they're right. not they're they're too much of a coin flip coming down to they these are. shootouts. And you know, there's is the thirty thousand dollar first prize worth the two thousand dollar investment that you need to get to these? They say no. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's close to home where it's going on, or. Or like yeah. this one, or you're here for the another tournament that's the world. being held across the street in the same time frame, or you know yeah. something like that, where it's handy, yeah, easy so, peasy yeah. for them. Yep, I think, um, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I guess let's. You want to actually talk about the Diamond Las Vegas Open now? We've we've made it pretty long without uh, congratulating uh, Victor Zelinsky. Victor, yes. Many congratulations then, for that. I asked a question. I asked a question today to uh, to Jim uh, while we were, you know, just kind of chatting Jim on Duff. the side. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I asked him a question. It going forward, so ignore everything that's ever happened in the past. Going forward from today on, you could have the careers of Joshua Filler or Victor Zelinsky. Who do you want? Who do you think is going to do better by the end of their career? Oh, by the end of their career. And their by age, the are, they're both young, correct? Josh, I believe Josh is 24. And okay. Victor, Victor, I believe, is 21. Early 20s, though. So, so you get three years, you get three years of bonus with Victor Zelinsky. Yeah. I, is he married? He is not. He has a girl. Well, remember, he, he joined the podcast and talked about how his girl was his girlfriend was stuck in uh Kiev once uh, okay. the bombing okay. started. Yeah. Okay. I, I would. So yeah, he has a girlfriend. I, I would, I would say if if you can maintain your personal life. Uh, to a degree of the fillers. I mean, they both play pool. Sure. So you've got and his girlfriend got a built too. in, a built in push there for you your whole life. I I'm gonna. I'm going to have to say I'm going to go with uh, the fillers on, on this, on Joshua Filler, yeah. just because of that. Because uh, even if they start having a family and everything yeah. else and kids, you still have that, that um, your mate pushing you in that direction. And that's what Jim, that's deal. what Jim said too. I think, um, so Josh is like, because of the U S open, because of the Moscone cups, because of the, the, the world championship, he's a household name. Like Josh is very quiet. Like Josh doesn't really like the limelight all that much. Like he, he, he thrives in it when that, he does yeah. it. Yeah. But when it comes to like tournaments, like look at him, he's not 
budding up with all the rest of the players and, you know, goofing around and doing all, you know, silly stuff. He is like literally sitting with his wife and right. like not really like he's not a yeah. very overly sociable person. Yeah. And um, you I did see some fire, though, in the Moscone Cup with him. Oh, yeah. He thrives under you know, it. I mean, it was to. very, very, very calm until he won. Then all of a sudden you saw this fire come out of him. Yeah. Yes, he's he's got some swag when he gets around the pool table, but like as as just like base level Josh, he's not really looking to make a scene or even exist okay. in the scene that exists around him. He kind of just keeps to himself for the most part. Sure. sure. Now he's not antisocial, and he's pl like he's he's plenty happy to engage with you if you're a fan going up to him and just talking to him. Like he's he knows how to exist in that. He's not like socially awkward or anything. He just seems yeah. to be a little bit more reserved and quiet. But we've built him up for three years about like his personality and the, you know the the king and all of this stuff and he has a profile that you know has been built for him in the last three years and I think that's part of the reason why he's such a huge household name. Sure. But if you really look at Victor Zelensky, and like he's he's even more quiet and even more reserved and you know he's he's kind of a he's a really really just quiet focused kid i mean I, I don't want to say he's he's 21 years old so he's not a kid but yeah. you know what i mean no, by it yeah. the idea is like he's like yeah i see a lot of both of them in there uh i don't know that he's victor will ever you know, years younger than me <laughs> he's <laughs> right. a kid yeah so like the idea is like uh i i see a lot of victor and josh like with their personalities like they just want to play pool <laughs> like, oh, yeah. oh yeah i i don't I think I would honestly like the idea that this conversation would even be happening uh, a year ago is like silly, but I honestly, I might take Victor. I, I might like, I don't know. <laughs> I I might end up taking Victor out of this. The idea of that is like, get, you're getting three years. Of course we have to, we have to do this big role playing thing where we forget about everything that Josh has ever done in his life. We'll see everything that Victor's ever done. And I mean, just from this day forward, who yep. do you want? And yep. it's really hard to do that, but it's like, hard to I do. might take Victor. <laughs> He's like 21 and he just seems to be rock solid. Right. Right. Well, there's a dozen, you know, there, there's a dozen European players that are rock solid. Well, I think there are, there are a dozen, but there seem to be three that are separating themselves and starting three, to three, maybe four. Now we're about to lose one of them for an undetermined amount of time. Who knows what's going to end up happening to Fedor? You know, his is his career oh, done? See, yeah, no, but issues with the world. We won't see him for the only thing we're going to be seeing him win is every single regional pro I gotcha tournament that he plays in, right? Because he's yeah. those are the ones that he can play in now. Those are the I, only ones I don't he can think play. this is gonna last much longer uh, maybe uh, it will, maybe it won't. But the, just just because it ends doesn't mean that he's going to get his ability to play. That's again. right. That's true. I mean, when was the last time that the the actual Russian uh, athletes were able to play under the Russian flag? You know, the the last two Olympics they were they were playing under. I don't even remember what they were called, but they weren't called Russia. They were they were under something else. I don't know. The, the, they weren't playing under the Russian banner. Who's to say that even if this stops tomorrow, that they're going to end up getting to play? Right. Right. I don't know. That's it's obviously it's decisions that are happening way above our head, but I don't know. How about Wilson? Yeah, the ROC. That's what it was called, the ROC. Oh, okay. Thanks, Ryan. You're the best. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I might. I that's might a great question. 
you know, it it, 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 it is, is right. It really cool, is. Like cool is, cool is not just the game; it's what's going on in your life. Yeah, and well, you can absolutely. see that in people. You can see that they're yeah. they're. I I was I was just at a three cushion tournament where a, one of the best players in the Midwest seriously didn't have a very good tournament. Right? He just didn't. He didn't make the finals. He just and and. After it was over, I kind of, and I was just talking with him. We we're just gabbing about life and stuff. And he told me he was, he's got a, a teenage son that he's having some kind of parenting issues with. Right. So here you go. This is a good, this is an example of somebody who's a tremendous a billiard player, uh, but yet is having a little trouble performing in this certain tournament because of what's going on in his life with his family and it could be a job I mean, if you're not a professional player uh, and sorry, Jim, I, I mean, playing pool for money all the time, full-time professional, not the dress professionally and acting professionally, that kind of thing that I know that's where Jim comes from. Yeah. But this is so, a little different. Uh, so oh, you okay, have a right. I mean, we have right outside yeah, of pool. Absolutely. I, I agree with everything that you just said there. Here's, uh, this is, I just, these are matches. 4141. 4140. 4140. 4004. 310431. So the 31 is a shootout. So right. three out of four. He had three shootouts. 4224. Right? So another shootout that he won three to two then. Okay. 4340. How's that for dominating? That's Victor yeah, Zelensky. Right. That's that's pretty dominating. Yeah. So basically, he could have ran out of those four zeros were just four table runs. Break and maybe. run. Yeah. Yeah, may, yeah maybe. Very possible. Uh, let's see. You're six, 16, 20, uh, 28. Break and runs. How 36. Many? You assume that. 44. So he won 44 games on his way to the finals. He gave up two, three, four, five, eleven, fourteen. Fourteen. Forty-four to fourteen. Or, or potentially thirty thirty runouts. From the he break. won forty he won forty-four games and lost fourteen <laughs> on his way to winning this. That's strong. <laughs> To say the least. These are the best players in the world. We're not talking about like <laughs> right. <laughs> His opponent, Rob. Yeah, we're, we're we're not talking about playing Rob Hovick and Nate Minden. We're talking about <laughs> Aloysius Yap, Amika Imen, and Dimitro. Uh, yeah, Amika Dimitri went pretty hard thing too, didn't he? He was Yulong Chang, like Sharik Sayed. Like where did these, are, these are real yeah. cool players? <laughs> huh? Nate, Nate, where did Mika end up? What what position did he third, have? tie for third with uh Wojtek Shevchuk. Okay, so he had a pretty Yeah, go for Mika. Tournament. Go Mika, man. Mika's Mika's been oh, crushing yeah. these formats. It's awesome. He's been playing good. Absolutely, yes. For and a I love long, to see long time. He's 40, 48, 49. I think, I think he's 49. He's been playing really good. <laughs> How long? 20 for sure. He's been playing really good. Well, way longer than that. I Maybe mean 30. Yeah. He was into the 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm t good, 44 huh? to 14. That, Are you kidding me? That's 30 games clear? 
I mean, of course, he won the tournament, so obviously he's going to be some games clear, but 30? Right, right, right. 30? <laughs> <laughs> That's a bunch. This this kid's unreal. Uh, I mean, maybe he's having – I mean, it's possible. Like, uh, I mean, he beat uh, Aloysius Yap in the finals, and Aloysius Yap had a stretch last year for a month where he was he – was, he just looked unbelievable. And he hasn't been quite that since – he's still been really good, but he hasn't been quite that since the basically the – I think the U.S. Open last year, uh, maybe the Michigan Open. It was kind of like when he – but that's when he went back to Singapore. But – uh, he hasn't been quite that this year so far. You know, maybe he's having a hot run right now. And, you know, at the end of. Uh, hey, doesn't Predator... that happen? Don't you see yeah. pool player, pro, pro pool players sure. do that? All of a sudden they get on a roll, baby. Yeah. The and thing is, is like, everything. can you maintain it? Because like the discussion that we're having, like are you taking Victor Zelensky, you're taking Joshua Filler for the rest of the career. You're yeah. projecting that the idea that they're going to maintain this level. And Joshua Filler has not only maintained his level for the last three years, he's gotten a little bit better, I think. I think he's still getting better at this game, which is scary to think. Yeah. You know, can Victor is this a hot run for Victor, or is this going to be, you know, this is just his break into being right the next, you know, well, the you next know, dominating you a European player. Three cushion billiards. And and just ask yourself that question. What is the limits of the game? Uh like this. How how good can I get? How good can I get at pocket pool? Well, how could you get? And how can good can you get a three cushion billiards? I think when you talk about three cushion, I think there's basically no limit at how good you can get. Where pocket pool, I think there's a kind of a limit there. I mean, running out is running out, but how many guys in a race to 40 in billiards run out? I don't think it's ever been done. Well, in all right, in billiards, I don't know. Maybe. What? I mean, who's who's broken ran 40 racks in pool? Who's to say you can't do that? You know, we've seen, we've seen breaking runs of 10. Why can't we see yeah. breaking runs of 15, yeah. 20, yeah. 25, what did 30? We see, what did we see when uh, Dennis and Sky played on the seven-footer? When they played 10, but how many break was it seven or eight was the high with the break and runs? Oh, that's a good question. I, I don't or something like the, that. I don't think off, it was the, off the top of yeah, off the top of my head, I don't remember. Probably won 10 in a row, but it wasn't 10 breaking runs. Yeah. Dennis Arcoyo broke and ran 10 against Shane. Okay. See, it's against Shane or Jason. I think it was against Shane. He broke and ran 10 and actually <laughs> broke and ran 10. And that was and up until that point. I think that was the most that. Uh, has ever been on video. Now, there's there's stories of people running. Like uh, Johnny Archer told me a story of him uh, gambling Francisco Bustamante, and they were playing for like five or ten thousand dollars a set or something like that. They're playing races to fifteen, and Bustamante beat him the first set, fifteen to fourteen, and then Johnny won the lag and broke and ran fifteen. Ooh. and then. They played a hill hill set and Johnny lost fifteen to fourteen again. So, so Johnny so Johnny ended up winning forty-three games to Boosty's thirty, but lost five or ten thousand or whatever it was. But he said but Johnny said that he broke and ran fifteen in right. the prime of his career. Right. I, I I mean there's no way of verifying that, but he you know, he said he did it and Yeah. It's probably true. Uh, yeah, Nate's Nate Tom said that the Omar Al Shaheen broke and ran ten racks of eight ball on chain. Sure, I mean, 
eight ball is too easy for the pros, especially on the big tables. If it's playing a little loose, you gotta, you gotta play, but if you're going to play eight ball on a big table, you have got to play it on like four inch pockets or, or smaller. Cause the, the, there's just no clusters. There's just going to end up being very, very few, if, if any clusters on a big table. And the, these pros are like, if you, if you don't give them a, if you don't give them a cluster and you just make them, you know, play right. positioning, yeah. they're going to do it for the most part. It's the game's Pretty almost much. too easy for them. Yeah. Well, even on yeah. a bar table, I mean, yeah. So, uh, maybe yeah. dog I mean, one shot out of every 50, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and Ken brings up a, a pretty good point too. Of course you can't, you know, you never know if you, you could hit a perfect break, stick the cue ball right in the center of the table and having it kicked into the side pocket. Right. There's always right. going to be a luck factor yeah. on the break. Uh, but I mean, there are breaks now that, uh, you know, the, there was no luck factor in Corey dual soft break, right? That was the same break every single time. I mean, there, there are, there are players that are getting so insanely good at the break that, um, you know, you're actually controlling almost all 10 balls. Okay. Here's a, here's a question though, too. Now the rule of about, uh, pocketing three balls or pocketing two and having one go up past the head string and back and this, that kind of rule. Now that was kind of distasteful to me when the three I, point, you're talking about the three that, point rule. Yeah, right. That was okay. just kind of distasteful because you pocket a couple balls you should be able to shoot again just because one doesn't go on the other side of the headstring. And there was a well, that, comment made that well, actually happened. Uh, blame Corey duel for that. I watched the exactly, WPPA yeah. event and that's one of the commentators said that, well, you can blame Corey duel for this. And I said to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. If Corey's good enough to stop break and make a ball every single time and run out, that's, that's pretty good. I, I don't think he deserves any blame for that. And why couldn't you now with technology we have, Put a speed limit on a break. Say you got to break at 14 miles an hour or better. That's sure. it. Here's the well, cap. Yep. Here's the speed okay. thing. If it's under 14, then you lose the your turn. Well, your I'll say this. At, at the professional level, maybe you could get away with that. Maybe you could. But uh, you know, as somebody who doesn't instru- who does instruction, and I have a break rack with a speed gun on it. Yeah. There are some of my students, men and women, that can't break above 14 miles an hour. They can't. Well. I can't do it. I mean, it less. it's not a soft break then, you know, if it's 12, it's not a soft break. You know, 12, soft is, break, 12, 12 is pretty close to a soft break. 12 is pretty close to a soft break. Is it? Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's not I've like Corey experimented Duel. with that. So I don't know. Yes. I, yes. My, my soft break personally is about 17 and a half to 18 and a half miles an hour. I know that I broke, I broke the balls one time because I was so angry at the person I was playing against that I never moved a ball. Actually, uh, Ryan Harmson said That's how soft I broke them. Yeah, Ryan Harmson said a perfect on the head ball. When we did the well, did you watch <laughs> were you watching the um did you watch any of the V the VG9? I did. The way the way that Pia Filler was breaking the balls like you could basically you could honestly put like donuts down on the table and every you could put it down with like the colors of the ball and the balls oh, yeah. are going to end up within you know, like basically three inches of those we donuts were making every single time. Now, four ball ended up in the same spot every single time, and so did the three ball, and so did the six ball. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Victor Zelinsky actually won his – well, I shouldn't say he won it because of this, but, like, he beat um, he beat the Wojciech Shevchuk, uh in a back-and-forth match. Like, neither one of them basically missed a uh, – uh, shot basically all tournament. And uh, Wojtek Shevchuk broke the balls perfectly to get a hill-hill uh and made two balls on the break 
and the ball there was two balls that hit off the jaw of the side pocket and went back down table and he never got his third point and he lost that match because of that yeah victor got up and ran out yeah yeah so i mean there's there's got to be a way to handle it than that if if the fact that you get punished for making a couple balls on the break i just i just that doesn't settle with me and it, I don't like I don't like the idea of like not paying attention to the three point rule because I've done this. Anybody who watches a lot of pool and watches a three point rule has sat down and watched a match, and you know you're you're watching them break the balls and you're like, oh, this is a good break. They got a shot on the one ball. They have this this you know they got they got something going on here, and then you you kind of look up and their head is down and they're walking back to their seat and then you're like, what the hell you know what's what's going on here? And then oh three point rule and you have to actually see a replay to verify whether or not it's true. Sometimes, I don't. Th- yeah. I don't, I hate the idea of somebody who watches pool like I do, like, I don't want to, I don't want the first thing that I look at as a, as a viewer to be as to whether or not they're going to satisfy the three point rule. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want that to be the first thing I think about as they're hitting the balls. That doesn't settle well with me either. No, I, I, I hate the idea of it. And, you know, you blame Corey Duell all you want, blah, 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 whatever. If it wasn't Corey Duell, it was going to be somebody else. And like, I'm not trying to give Corey Duell a pass because like he's, he's worked on the, the edges of the rules his entire career. Oh, sure. He's 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 always found ways to try to wiggle the edge of the rules to give himself an advantage over all the low balls on the left side, all the high balls on the right. Break up your bank corner ball in the corner every bank. Yes, (laughs) and then bank the wing ball off of a off an eight ball rack into the bottom left corner. I mean, he's he's done things his entire career that are on the edges and tried to build a career off of basically exploiting those things so i'm not trying to give him a pass but if it wasn't Corey duel in 2002 playing meek and in the finals with the soft break it would have been somebody else eventually sure sure uh, sure no you know Corey duel is a great player but great for the game end of story as far as i'm concerned <laughs> i like I, Corey I, mean, <laughs> I don't know we could have a discussion there i think yeah. um I, I think constantly exploiting the the rules to your advantage to try to get an uh, an edge over your opponents is while it's it's crafty. I, I don't I don't know that. I mean, he's he's held up a lot of tournaments in his career by by slow playing oh, eight ball racks. Oh, I see what you're saying. That because every single yeah. I mean, yeah. sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sounding like a Corey Duel hater right now, and I'm I, and I'm not. I respect oh, him no, quite a bit as a player, but, but he's done a lot of things that have have hurt right. tournament directors. I understand uh, the game as a whole. I mean. Yeah. Not, if you're in I charge mean, of running a tournament, then there's oh certain, he's a nightmare. Certain, certain yeah, he's a nightmare. You'd rather not have on the loser side. <laughs> oh, especially not early. Jeez, especially not early. He's a nightmare. I mean, he, he at at times in his career, he has been a nightmare for tournament directors. <laughs> now, with that being said, like he's, he's also one of the greatest American players ever to hit a ball. I mean, oh yeah, no question. You, can, you no. certainly can't create a top ten list without him. Um, no, no, you can't. I think, I think you could pretty easily do a top five without him. Yep. Shane, Shane Earl, Rodney, um, Johnny, Johnny, Mike Siegel, Mike, and and that's just like the last third. Nick, I don't think Mike, they, Nick, maybe you know, a few Buddy uh, Hall stuff like that. I I mean, now yeah. I'm getting into air. Now I'm getting into an era that I never the era where I, to watch, I so. came from. Sure, sure. The Miller I, I, guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think and even uh, I think Sky's too early to put into that category. I think I think, but um, I mean, there's you know, there's anyways, we'll move on from that. But, um, yeah, I think it's, I, I don't know. It's, um, what were we even talking about before that? How do we get on to Corey duel? We're just ranting today. I like well, this. this is fun. We, uh, 
we, we were talking about the break. Oh, the three-point rule. Yeah, that's yeah, and the three-point three rule. <laughs> and that uh, commentator at the women's tournament and mentioned yeah. this as well. You can blame Corey Newell for this happening and this rule happening. And I, I went, huh? Really? Just Corey yeah. going to blame? There can't be anybody else out there that we're going to put some blame um, on? He's he not the, the only one. one. Just because uh, he, he was... figured out how to do something in pool that nobody else could figure out. Come on. Yeah. That's it. So I, I don't know. Inventiveness, insightfulness, and stuff—that's creativity. That what well, happened to creativity in pool. I, I could, I could think of some adjectives that I would also use that are not quite as endearing <laughs> as sure, those. I'm sure you but could. Yes. At the end of the day, like he's, you know, he he decided that he could find ways to exploit the rules, and he did it. And he's—it's yeah. not like he was breaking it's any not, rules. I, I mean, he he, he played with No, I don't. I don't think. Oh, it's it's that, oh come on. Come on, nope, Rob. You don't think don't. you don't think, think the soft break is not exploiting a rule? Well, it, oh, sorry, a rule sorry, sorry, sorry. That that is not it. So you're telling me that banking the wing ball off of a ball, banking or or putting all four solids and all four stripes on the other side of it, and saying, well, this is just how it randomly came out. I, there's nothing I can do about it. No, 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 just that's randomly. Lying. That's exploiting the rules. That's well, it's lying. <laughs> well, that's exploiting the rules, right? I mean, you put them there. Well, of course. And how? And how can you? How can you say? Well, it wasn't random. Well, I just threw them in there. I, you know, <laughs> this is the way they ended up. Like, well, that's that's the point, right? This is this is the issue with it. It's like, yeah, how do you prove yeah. that he's lying? Right? You're gonna hook him up to a lie detector. Test? No, that 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 kind of thing, though. I think it isn't right. You know, yeah. no, not not racking the ball. There are there are yes, there are times where he order. did, and times where he didn't. Yeah, you know. That's why you can't pattern rack. I mean, they changed that a while back. There's no pattern racking. So, but I don't know. Oh, what I guess let's about this. Let's go to this. I'm going to throw this out there. This 16 ball stuff, or what is that? That's fake. It's like 10 ball with one extra ball, or whatever that is. It's fake. What is that? That it's isn't even real. It's a joke. It's fake. Oh, it's a joke. Okay. Yeah, Thank it's God. That's just, yeah, just a joke. Because that, I just. I was shaking my head for a while after I saw a picture of that. But That's just a joke. How can you make a uh, – yeah, okay. Just a joke, yeah. we got to make a, a special rack for an extra ball, 11, 11 ball rack. Yeah. Well, I always thought, like, you know how, like, uh, you know, like when you're – you can always tell when you're playing against somebody who's really, really, really good when they take the head ball and they put it up on top of the the two wing balls oh, and, let it and when they push it up and then they like tap it forward that's when you know you're playing against a real pool player and i thought maybe you just rack the balls and just leave it there you don't put the head ball you just put the <laughs> ball right there that'd be good right that's a good place for it you don't need a new rack that way no i do you do see that at <laughs> every now and then amateur tournaments you see that every yeah. now and then you i see that I, so when uh, Mark and I come up there and play those uh, those those deans those deans events up there, there's like every like usually about every other year I'll actually come across somebody who does that. Yes, yeah, and like I've seen that. No problem, just whoop. Yeah, whoop. <laughs> Walking away like they just did something really cool. I just, I think it's fun. I think you just leave a ball up there and just crack them, see what happens. Pretty funny. It might go flying up into the light, shatter it or something, but yeah, it'll look cool. <laughs> okay, now, now now let's go to the uh, the ten ball uh, out in Vegas. No, that's going. Well, well let me let me go through the. Tell let me, me go through this tournament a little bit more. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me go through this tournament. Just kind of. I know nothing about it, so tell me what's going on. 
Well, let me go through the Diamond Las Vegas Open and just kind of say how everybody did. So, Victor, we already said Victor Zelensky wins. Uh, overall, Aloysius Yap in the finals. Uh, Wojtek Shevchek and Mika Eminen get uh, third place, third, fourth. They tie for third, fourth. Uh, Dimitri Jungo, uh, Lee Van Corteza, uh, uh, Sholnaki. I can't remember how to pronounce his first name, so I'm just going to go with Sholnaki. And then uh, Kun Lin Wu get uh, fifth through eighth, and we'll go back one more spot. So uh, Doong Kwok Hong, uh, Ko Ping Yi, Torsten Holman, uh, Steve Holman, or Holm, uh, Mark Biesterbosch, Vilmos Foldes, Yulong Chang, Roland Garcia get uh, 9 through 16. So those were the finishes for the Diamond Las Vegas Open. Pretty cool. All right, let's move on to then the Predator World 10 ball. So yeah. we're going from the format from before into this new format, uh, which is just a race to eight until you get down to or deeper into the tournament, I should say. Um, it is going on right now, uh, I guess. Uh, Alex, or double now? Double elimination down to the final uh, 16, I believe. Okay. Maybe it's the final 32. Let me check. Final 32. So it's single elimination okay. single elimination down to the final 32. And how many are entered in this? Uh, this is an invite-only field of, I believe, 96 is what they opened it up to this year. Okay. Uh, 64 must be. 64 because there's no buys. So 64. Okay. So or is it 128? So Half it's 128. It's eliminated, then it's single elimination right the rest of the way. In the past, it's always been um in the past it's always been 64, but I think they opened it up to 128 this year. Yeah, oh. 128. So Doug, yeah, they in the past it's always been 64, but they opened it up to 128 this year, which I oh, think is good. I good. I think yeah, for, that's good. I think for a world 10 ball championship, I now think, going it, down I think to 32 I, makes more sense too. Yes. Yeah. I think anytime that you have a world championship, you have to you have you have to open it up to more than that. It can't just be, it can't be sixty four. I, I, I right. don't I don't think so. Especially when it's invite only. In, invite too. Yeah, Mason. Yeah, yeah. Mason got invited to that. This one. Uh, no, I no. think Mason got invited to the Imagine. nine ball. Oh, the nine ball. The world nine ball. Yes. Okay. And that's right. So, after this one. Then. Uh, it's a little bit later in the month, but yeah, it's oh, it's coming yeah. up. Yeah. So um, a couple players, I guess, notable players who have already lost their first match. Um, Daniel Schneider, he's been playing a really great pool so far. Um, Oscar who, Dominguez lost. Who did, who did they lose to? I don't know. I, I'm just oh. looking at the B side I, I, without actually going back to their matches individually. Then. Okay. Um, Jose Alberto Delgado, he's a really good player from Spain. Uh, great Spaniard player. Tyler Steyer lost his first match. Billy Thorpe. Uh, I know Billy Thorpe lost to Ralph Suke, 8-2, so I do know that one. Uh, Mario, he lost. Niels Fine lost to Sky. Uh, that was on the TV table yesterday. Aloysius Yap lost his first match. Uh, lots of really good players that have uh, lost their first matches. Wow. Uh, let's see who else is in here. Jesus Intencio, he's been playing great pool. So alternate break, race to eight. Alternate break, race to eight okay. for this. So, uh, yeah, um, I guess looking at the, this couple players have already finished their first two matches. So we can, uh, Eklund Kachi, uh, Jason Shaw actually lost to uh, Roman Hebler. So that's a big loss too. Um, yeah, yeah. Carly says Alvin lost his first Alvin, Yeah. Alvin lost to Lee Van Corteza. looks like, uh, 
Uh, P.S. Labudis lost. Boo. My friend P.S. Uh, Mieszko Fortunski loses. And then there's a bunch of matches that are going on right now. So this can all be found here. I'll throw this up in the chat for anybody who wants to check this out. This is the uh, the link for all the live score and the brackets. And uh, I guess, yeah, it's um, it's going to be finishing up over the next coming, coming days. And so the, the YouTube stream has it, all the live matches on there. Great production. And this is at the Rio also, right? It's at the Rio too, yep. Do we want to talk about how to uh, protect yourself in the rooms uh, when you're That's, there? Yeah, well, I don't know. Do you want to go on the door latch or the? I don't know. You want to put me on tilt? I might go on tilt. <laughs> if you ask me this question, I might end up going on tilt, Rob. <laughs> okay, we'll save it. We'll save it for when we're all together. When do no, we... no, I'm going yeah, on tilt. Dang it! I'm going on tilt. Dang it! <laughs> CSI, if you cannot protect your players, get yourself the out of that, that hotel. If, if you cannot guarantee the safety of your players when they're coming from around the country and around the world, if you cannot protect your players, then get them the out of that venue. Get to a new one. This isn't a one-off. For anybody who hasn't, Mieszko Fortunski, uh, Victor Zelinski, Conrad Ustishans, their room got broken into, and I don't, I don't know who else was in that room. I, I think those three. But like, if you can't protect your players – don't play it there. The player should not have to worry about somebody breaking into the room while they're sleeping in the middle of the night and stealing $3,000 from them. And, and there's just no accountability. There's no cameras. So you can't see when people break into the room. There's no accountability. Like, Well, there's sure. no objective crime that's been committed except for the people that say there has. Who's the cameras? <laughs> and, really. Sure. And that would be fine if this is a one-off. What we're finding out is there are – this has happened dozens of times in the last couple of years. This happens regularly. If you cannot – if you cannot, like, keep them safe, you cannot have a – you cannot have a tournament there. It's – Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, Lord, I Lord that, I this is not the first time this has happened. This happens regularly. That just uh, made and, me sick when I heard that. It's really it's disgusting. Did. I got sick to my, I got nauseated. It's absolutely disgusting. It, it's it's well it's atrocious. Know, every pool player in the country is coming to play in this tournament. They're all they're going to have money on them, and they're all going to be there. And the but problem is, it, it because it's at the Rio. There's nowhere else for you to stay. It's not like you get. I mean, unless you're going to rent a car or like get an Uber every single day, it's not like you can stay somewhere else where you're safe. Like at least if like uh, for. At least at Mandalay Bay, if you didn't feel safe at Mandalay Bay, you can go stay at New York, New York, or you can stay anywhere on the monorail. You can stay anywhere. Right. You can't get to Rio conveniently. No, I know, but I literally stayed path a little. I know because I I was at BCA last year and I stayed at uh, Rio for the first two days, and I'm like, this place is disgusting. This place is ex like way overpriced. Everything about that hotel room is absolutely everything about that hotel and casino is disgusting and i'm like i don't care i'm leaving i i went and stayed at bally's which isn't a huge upgrade but it's light years better than rio oh yeah way better than rio and i ended up walking my dumb ass back and forth every single day oh it's no like a mile i walked yeah, i walked back and pretty forth. far yes i mean at night i at, i mean it was actually kind of nice yeah it was in the morning when it i walked but anyways i walked back and forth 
two when you did that? Uh, <laughs> Isn't that when they had the tournament in the summertime? <laughs> I don't remember when it was last year. No, I think it was. I think it was later in the year. I think it was maybe like September. I don't. I don't remember. I think it was. I think it was. I think it was September. But the, my point is, it's it's literally, it. it if you have so Laura Berg saying buy a pole that goes to your door handle to the floor so you can't get in. Sure, if you get to the point where you have to do that, then you should not be staying there. And if you should not be <laughs> staying there, if you don't be able to trust, then you should not be holding a pool tournament there and subjecting your players who are entrusting you to keep them safe. You should not. You just can't do that. I don't care about contracts. I don't care about any of this stuff. It there's there's ways out of contracts and if you cannot keep your players safe that's the bare minimum basically the bare minimum of what you need to do as csi is to get your players give your players a tournament to play in and keep them safe while they're there if you can't do those two things you should not be at the venue you're at it's disgusting and it like i i'm not a huge fan of csi to begin with like that's obviously clear from this but it, it's it's ridiculous it's the like literally almost the bare minimum of what you have to do Rob yeah, pretty know. widespread. Look, Chris, uh, this uh, uh, Vinay, she, uh, they say, he says that uh, it's it's not just pool players. It's ha it happens to there. Yes, I mean th that's like it, it's yeah. obviously it's obviously something that's going on with the casino. It, it, it obviously is. I mean it it. And if you're, if you like, at the end of the day, you're you're as credible as the people that you work with. If, the, you know, there's a reason Margaret Fafalova is banned from tournaments too. You know, it is. I'm not trying to get into that discussion right now. We already had this discussion, but like, there's a reason that Belarusian athletes are being punished too. The, sure. Who you associate yourself with and who you work with is. Obviously, if they do dumb things, you're going to get you're, you're going to get that reputation on you as well. And if CSI continues to stay at this venue and all of these things are ended up, end up happening, like that's going to reflect badly on CSI. I don't I, I don't know. I, I just I, that's that's how I feel about it. If you can't keep your players safe, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer, but it's, you know, that, Lord, that's how I feel. Uh, about it. You know, are the police being called and then when I had. What I had read on that was because it's just somebody staying in a room saying they got robbed and there's no evidence of yeah. that. that. Yeah, well, what, what are you going to do? Getting involved in it, yeah. really. Well, you're, you're going to end up creating a, a police report that's going to sit on someone's desk until it exactly. gets shredded. Yeah. Right. You know, there's, you know, are you going to fingerprint the door? What, what are you going to do? I mean, they're not going to bring in an entire, like, crime scene investigation yeah. crew yeah. to try to figure out three thousand dollars worth of stolen goods yeah well i just thought that that brought that up because because i was i, I was disheartened by that i was just i was just sad at that situation it's it's, it's really sad yeah uh, I, I i i just went oh boy here we go some more stuff with pool and it has to do with crime you know i just i'm going come on let's get out can we somehow move past this someplace in the history of the game just get past this and the, and the people who are on facebook justifying well i guess it's okay that he lost three thousand dollars now because he just won 30. okay sure he won thirty thousand dollars which he's losing 15 percent of uh off the top for taxes okay so now so now he's so now he lost forty five hundred dollars to taxes so now he's won basically twenty five thousand dollars he only lost three thousand so no big deal 
Yeah. I want to like these types of people, like it just try <laughs> next time you get a paycheck, I'm just going to take, uh, one eighth of it and just be like, well, you got, you got the seven eighths. What does it matter? What do, what do you need that other eighth for? Let's just let me have it. Like <laughs> who wants to just give three, who wants to just give up $3,000 who wants to do that? Like, Sure, yeah. it make it might make it feel better that you lost three thousand, but it's not okay. Well, like maybe the thief really needed it. Sure, maybe he did, <laughs> and, and and that's okay. Let's move on now because I I never saw that side <laughs> okay. of the, I okay. never saw that oh, side of the end. Yeah, we're done with that. <laughs> <laughs> you what got else? me on tilt. What else do What else do we have? I, that's yeah. That's that's basically all I got. Okay, I mean, we got the ten ball and the guys who are the hot shots who are losing and holy cow. Well, let's maybe I'm talk happy. about tomorrow. Tell everybody out there in the fan land, we may be back tomorrow with awesome. uh, uh, yeah, with uh, Fedor uh, and Christina. And, depending and, on when they get there, Mr. Gorse, we may be back tomorrow and see you all again with some yep. superstars. We'll see. They're uh, they're going to be at the WSPA tournament that we are going to be at for the next. Well, I'm going to be at for the next five days. You're going to come swing by tomorrow and then probably go yeah. home. That is uh, the Wisconsin I, State uh, Pool Players Association. Pool Players Association. So this is uh and and if anybody has a, a you know I said earlier that I'm not the biggest fan of CSA. I'm not the biggest fan of any organizations. And the reason I'm not a big of a huge fan of any of the organizations is because we have the WSBA and the WSBA is a Wisconsin ran organization where they take your sanctioning fees and guess what they do with it. They put it into the tournament. <laughs> they take their $10. So everybody pays. I think, uh, I think the, the BCA might even be, I think $15 now, maybe $20 now VNEA, I think it's up to $20, whatever it is. These these organizations they end up taking your sanctioning fees and they you know of course at the end of the day like yeah. you have to you have to pay your staff I get it like yeah. you're these these the places, WSPA is not uh, the the WSPA is a state yeah it's a state yeah. ran organization that and doesn't have no. a huge board so and yes of course the the board positions are paid and part of the sanctioning fees not goes paid to paying extremely those extremely high either. No, we're talking like pe peanuts. Yeah. So the idea is like every $10 that they get, let's say a dollar goes to paying off the board members' salaries, yeah. whatever, setting up the events, blah, 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 making sure that yeah. everything runs. But that money just goes back into added money for the event. And you're going to end up having almost, almost have, all of it. 70% yes. of it at least does. Yes. So how it ends up working is uh, there's, I think there's going to be 1,400 players at this tournament. Um, and I've seen as high as 1,600. So 14 to 1,600 players. And they're going to end up having like a $55,000 added tournament. Right. Right. Because the money stays in there. Because the money yeah. from our state organization stays and, in and our state. This was an offshoot of the BCAPL in Wisconsin. Which you were the president we of for a long of time. Sending all the money to uh, CSI or whatever, the BCA organization, and getting $3 back out of 15 And so this, this became a brand new organization for pool in Wisconsin and, and based on that, that the money paid for sanction fees is going into the tournament by far the majority of it. Correct. Yeah. That, that, yeah and, good thing for pool. Good thing for pool in Wisconsin. And uh, I, I guess just for um, reference, I played in the, uh, the 10 ball for the 
BCA in Wisconsin, and I ended up taking fifth place in the 10 ball event. Uh, I did not place in the money. There was 20, I believe there was 24 players that were there. 21 or 24. One of those numbers is right. Uh, a state tournament, they didn't pay out fifth place. So a quarter of the field, theoretically, is right in that right. borderline uh, of that. Uh, fourth place paid uh, $100. Third place paid $220. Uh, I think first place, I don't, I don't even remember what first place was. I, I forget what it was now. So I don't even want to throw out numbers. I want to be as close to accurate. You're talking about the master's division, the platinum division, I guess is what they call it. The highest division and fourth place, which is a quarter of the or uh, fifth place, which is a quarter of the field doesn't get their money. doesn't even get their money back in a state oh, tournament. Right. Like, and, and it's not because like, it's not because like they don't have enough money. The idea is that's how much money that they put into the events. They take more out than they put in. Oh yeah. And the WSPA doesn't do that. So while I, I'm justifying basically why I believe, um, why I have some problems with these uh, different organizations, but it's because we're spoiled in Wisconsin. We're super spoiled. Like the, the, the events that we have with the amount of added money, it's like we're, we're dumb spoiled. And props to Greg Andler, uh, Jeff Martin, you know, all of the people that are on the board. I'm missing a lot of people. Dean Riesler, uh, Doug yeah. Arn, like these players. Bonnie who make Hodgson, these... Kim Silver. Yeah, I don't think Bonnie's on anymore. No. But but she was in the past, like the, the and right. the the board that makes these things happen. It's 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 awesome. I mean, we end up we 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 pay our sanction fees and then we get it right back in our tournament at the end of the month. So yeah. I think it's um uh, yeah we're spoiled. So that's why I have a problem with a lot of these organizations. Until you actually like realize how much is left um, after you pay your stuff in. And of course, like I said, you got to pay these, you got to pay these organizations. These, these, these big companies have dozens of people on staff. I, I get that. It's just, we have an alternative and we're spoiled with it. So <laughs> I'm more the, critical than I should be. One of these days on a podcast, I I've had an idea for about 10 years now, uh, about a, uh, an organization that's a little bit different. It's based off of WSBA, uh, but it's much larger than that. <laughs> and I'll bring it up one of these days and see what everybody thinks about it. Okay. Well, uh, we, yeah, probably not today. We need to get out of here. We're, uh, we're running really long. So we've just been ranting today and it's, I don't know. I had a lot of fun with this, just basically talking pool and blah, blah, blah. So it was yeah. fun. Hey, talk, let's talk pool. That's it. Yep. Just talk pool. All right. Well, uh, with that being said, thank you, everybody, I guess, for tuning in. Uh, Rob, it's always a pleasure to get and to chat with you. One more time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's. One more time here. Yeah. Escape. Lip mom. Which is no longer, which is actually no longer a sponsor to the podcast at this point. But we still love care. them. I don't care. Great. Yeah, we still love them. Yeah, we still love them. And I think our, our promo code is still active. So head over there and you you use that promo code, promo code Q it up pod, and you get yourself an awesome lawnmower yeah. 4.0 or you get the weed whacker, whatever it is. And we're back. Yeah, maybe in the future. We're well, regardless, I still love Manscaped. So they've been good to us. So we're gonna be good to them. Yay. Manscaped. Yeah. Your balls will thank you. Your balls will thank you. All right. Let's get out of here. All right, Rob, thanks again. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We will Nate, see you we'll potentially see you tomorrow. potentially tomorrow. Yeah, we might see you tomorrow. Cool but fan. if not, then we'll see you next week. Take care, shoot them straight. Yep. All right. Take care, everyone.